Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, co-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Danley, thank you guys for coming back again uh, to the show, really excited to uh, be here on a, on a winning note, we get to see the Colts kind of just blow somebody out, 37 to 5, I mean, that doesn't happen very often, and it was a it was a fun game to watch to see, you know, Andrew Luck, the offensive line, the defense, the running game. It all came together, and the Colts really kind of kept everything on Buffalo, um, you know, stymied for the most part. I mean, this is just not a game that we – I don't think that we intended to see this. I think that most people probably thought that the Colts were going to win. I think when you have Derek Anderson, that quarterback, even though you know – that with time, with time, he is a, a pretty solid quarterback and, and can do some decent things. However, he just hasn't had the time. You know, uh, their their defense was you know considered to be a pretty middle of the road group, and uh, you know offensively they just they just didn't have it, and they don't have it uh, for the most part going uh, forward. It doesn't look like either. But man, big victory for the Colts, two and five now. It it it, it it's kind of a you know, a, a moot point, it almost seems, to say, yay, the Colts have a second win of the season. But at the same time, you know, we've got uh, something to talk about here within the AFC South uh, that, you know, might interest you guys. I mean, maybe it won't. Maybe we, you know, have gotten kind of hardened as a fan base for the most part to just assume that the Colts don't have a shot at winning the division. But I, I think that – I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's necessarily the case. So, um Let's just run through. I mean, I got some notes, and we'll talk about some of the, the high points of the game. Obviously, a big game for a lot of different people. And uh, I think, you know, all in all, I think we should say that Frank Reich not only called a really nice game, but just in general, I think that he had these guys all ready to go. They all looked solid. They all looked sharp. And we, like I said, it's just not something that we've seen uh, across the board from a Colts team that has been pretty inconsistent all year. So... I mean, the Colts ultimately started the game with three, you know, three and outs, two, three and outs. I'm sorry. Uh, didn't look like the Colts were really uh, prepared for this initially. You know, then they get going, get themselves a touchdown, get a turnover, another touchdown, and things start rolling, right? I mean, the defense never let Buffalo into the end zone the entire game. Their only score was a field goal and a safety on a really quick snap, and it didn't even look like that snap was not only – Luck wasn't ready for it, but nobody along the offensive line was ready for it either. So Ryan Kelly has these issues 
and he had him in the Texas game or the Texans game, and he had him today in Buffalo or at home and against Buffalo. Aside from that, though, Ryan Kelly's been pretty good. We'll talk about him too a little bit. Uh, aside from a few big runs, I think that the defense did pretty well against the run for the most part. Um, you you just what they had over 100 yards rushing, but it wasn't it wasn't a dominating 100 yards. You know, it was kind of like okay, there's a solid run, there's 15 yards, eh, big deal because the Colts had their their lead and and were fairly comfortable in everything that was going on in, in the game. Um, the Colts only allowed three Buffalo drives longer than six plays all day. That's impressive. Usually there's a couple of those, and I don't mean against the Bills, but again, just in general, if teams have quick drives, occasionally a five or a six-play drive will yield a touchdown. These guys, I mean, they had a 12-play drive, an 8-play drive, and a 7-play drive. Everything else was 5 or less. They I mean, that's impressive, I think, for a defense that has been good on third down, but it is also allowing a lot of second down, first down plays. That's something that we, you know, we'll talk about on another show, but it, it's just kind of what this defense is right now. Uh, flying around the ball, making plays, but also, you know, allowing a lot of success on second down. Uh the running backs only caught four balls all day out of the backfield and had 36 receiving yards. I mean, there wasn't a – I mean, the Colts did not have a receiver today go for more than 40 yards receiving. And with 156 passing yards from, from Andrew Luck, that might seem pretty normal. But at the same time, it's just, you know, 50, less than 40 yards is the is the top. That just doesn't sound right, but – you know, the Colts didn't really have to go the whole length of the field. The Colts were given a short field a couple different times because of the turnovers, and that is ultimately what, what sealed it there. Um, right, like I said, Wright called a really clean game today. The Colts' offensive line was fantastic. <clears throat> go from left to right, man. I mean, we're looking at Anthony Costanzo two games in. Both games, he's been great. Uh, the Colts have been really good with him there. He's been a big boost, I think. You've got Quentin Nelson next to him, who's been superb all year. He's had a couple bad plays. He's a rookie. You know, we're going to get over that. He he has been a massive help for the Colts, especially at left guard, where a lot of the interior pressure from a year ago is no longer coming up there. And if they are, you know, we saw him get blasted by Leonard Williams. But look, that's what somebody's got to do in order to get through Quentin Nelson. So uh, look at Ryan Kelly. He's had another good year, I think. I think Ryan Kelly's played really solid both in the run and against or in the pass, and I think that he's showing that he was worthy of a first-round pick. And then you look over here at Mark Glowinski. Glowinski has played really good, folks. Not a guy that any of us thought was going to be anything better than a, you know, a sub right now, and he might not. That may be what he is. He may be a, a lit backup. But he is playing his butt off the past couple weeks. Braden Smith, guys, we talked about this all the way back in camp. Give him a shot at right tackle. I'll admit, I, I mean, I've said it on this show several times. Uh, what, three, four, five days in, I was like, okay, we're done, we're done with Braden Smith at right tackle. Keep him at guard. It's not made for him. But they kept going at him. They kept putting him in there. They kept using him there in practice. And look what's happened to him, man. He has played really well, and he kicked ass today. He, I mean, what? I don't think that he—he he just stonewalled everybody, and it was awesome to see. You're sitting there watching him, and he is doing really, really well. So uh, all the way across, from left to right in the offensive line, they have played fantastic the past two weeks. I mean, 
the past what? They have not allowed uh, any sacks today. They did not allow any sacks today. They've only allowed one in the last three games. And Luck only got hit twice today. If I mean, if you can spell success better than any of that, please tell me because that, especially for a Colts line that Logan or that we have not seen from man, how many years now? We have not had an offensive line be able to play like that. They re- they outdid themselves and they have done pretty well. You know, before earlier in the season, Luck was getting hit but not sacked. They've cut down on both of those, okay? This is really, really good. The most Luck's been sacked in a game was four times. Everything else is two and one, okay? This is pretty impressive from a group that we did think was going to make some strides. But, boy, I tell you, I mean, Pro Football Focus had them rated, rated at the at the number 10 offensive line in the league. When I first saw that, I kind of scoffed at it. You know, like, eh, they're okay. They're getting better. But, man, I mean, you got to take them for real right now, don't you? I mean, especially if you're a defense that is trying to get to Andrew Luck and get him off his spot. I mean, they're allowing some outside, you know, some of that deep uh, deep curve on the edge. But Andrew Luck's stepping up, and he's got room to step up now. It looks good. It looks real good. And Andrew Luck's able to throw on the move coming up forward towards the line of scrimmage when he climbs that pocket. Man, I tell you guys, this offensive line and the things that they're able to do, both in the run and the pass right now, especially with Marlon Mack hitting his stride, I think that this is uh, a really good sign of things to come. I think that we're going to see a lot of good things this year still. I really do, from a lot of different guys, uh, especially within this offense. And we've seen that the defense can play lights out if they want to. They're not doing it every week. It's inconsistent, such as the Colts themselves. But the defense is, uh, you know, very capable of making some big, big plays. So um, let's look. Like I said, the AFC standings, I mean, mostly with the AFC South here. The Colts are only two games out, guys. I mean, the Texans are leading the division right now with a 4-3 and record. Okay? And if you're telling me that the Colts couldn't have beaten Houston... You're telling me that the Colts can't beat the Titans with an awful scrubby looking offense. I mean, look at the look at the Jaguars right now. What have they done? The past two weeks, they look like crap. Don't tell me that the Colts can't just sweep the rest of the AFC South. I do they do I think they will? I don't know. I don't know that. But what I do think is that they've shown the potential to be able to do that. Don't tell me that you don't think that the Colts are physically capable of winning out in the division the rest of the season. Because I think that they're definitely, definitely capable of doing that. They've got 34 more points than the next closest divisional opponent. The negative side to this is that they've also allowed 39 more points than the next closest, which, you know, that's not great. Um, But we, we are seeing Andrew Luck have a day like today where he doesn't have to throw the ball 50 times. Everything's efficient. The running game works. The offensive line is blocking in both aspects of the game everybody's catching the ball. What the hell? We haven't seen that either. So, I mean, we had a complete package game today, I think, from a lot of this. And like I said, this is a Colts team that really has the ability to, you know, to, to make some waves, not just this year, but I think in the very near future. I think that the Colts, with another solid draft class, and if things continue this way, I mean, you're always going to have injuries and ones that you don't expect. You know, I always tell people when they say, well, look at next year, man. Look what they got now. Look at next year with a with another draft class and a solid free agency group. I mean, look, that's great and all, but here's the thing. If you're going to go with that, then just consider right now Darius Leonard injured next year. 
because that's the kind of luck that teams have once they start building something. You know, consider, uh, you know, uh, Quentin Nelson hurt next year. You know, that kind of stuff. Be, be reasonable because injuries happen, and they're almost always, it seems, happening to guys who are starting. I mean, a safety, a corner, a linebacker, a defensive tackle. Look at all those guys. Pick the best one and pick two or three of them and tell, you, tell yourself that they're injured next year. Do you still think that that team can make the waves that you're talking about right now, given one more draft and a nice free agency class? To have all of that work out plus stay healthy is almost impossible. So be realistic about it. Next year, they do have the potential, though. There's no doubt. If you can keep a team healthy and you've got what you've got now, you've got some chemistry building in all the right spots, then, you know, things are looking up. You at least still feel that you can contend within the AFC South, get yourself into the playoffs, and move forward because you've got Andrew Luck. They could do that this year, folks. They could do that this year. Turn around that Houston Texans game. Turn around a couple more games that the Colts should have won or at least should have had an opportunity to win. I mean, right now the Colts could be leading the AFC South in a rebuild year. So this is what I'm talking about with everybody saying, uh, you know, whatever, this year's nothing. We know it's a rebuild. That's great and all, but this team has enough to win the AFC South. That is a fact. So let's look at kind of the days that everybody got, and then we'll talk about the rest of the Colts' schedule and what they've got coming up next. Uh, Really exciting game today. Luck, 17 of 23. Like I said, that doesn't happen very often. 156 passing yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Was very accurate today for the most part. Even that that ball that he threw T.Y. Hilton, initially, I thought it was a much better throw than it was because I thought he hit him right in the basket. And, you know, he kind of just went down for it because T.Y. Hilton was going down for the ball. He knew that ball had to be thrown low. He knew he had to stay in the end zone to, to you know, obviously get the touchdown, and he wanted to stop short of the, the goal line. But that ball was a little high for where it should have been, and T.Y. almost missed it. I mean, T.Y. had to go back up for it thinking it was going to hit him in the gut. And T.Y. didn't catch it with his hands. So that wasn't the greatest throw. It was a pretty miraculous catch because he ended up catching it, and it didn't look like he should have. But all in all, Luck was fantastic today. Stepping up, rolling out, in the pocket, dealing, dealing, dealing. You know, I I just thought it was excellent. Mac, 19 for 126 rushing yards. His long today was a 23-yard run. Uh, Two catches for 33 yards, two total touchdowns. That's a lead NFL lead back kind of day folks that is what he should be getting every week with this offensive line he should touch 100 yards every week and it doesn't have to be 126 it may be 95 but he needs to be right on the cusp of, a, of 100 yards at century mark every single week he's got the speed he's got the agility he's got the explosiveness and and we've seen a, I think the thing that we've seen the most transformation with him is his ability to run in between the tackles, quite frankly, because we haven't we hadn't seen that before last week. He looks comfortable. He's he looks fast. He looks like he's in. I mean, making the right moves. His vision looks improved. Maybe it's health. I don't know, but I'm telling you, he just looks like a different back all the way around. The past two weeks, he does not look like Marlon Mack that we've seen before. We knew the potential was there because of all the physical gifts that he's got. But it looks like his head and his body are running together right now, and that's fun. Uh, Naheem Hines had five carries for 47 yards. He had an 18-yard carry, too. 
Uh, didn't do much in the passing game. One catch for negative five yards. That didn't help much. Kind of odd because that's his that's his deal, right? That's his gig. He is the the pass catcher for the most part, and that's why you know Pro Football Focus has him rated so high uh, among rookie running backs, which is kind of a joke in my opinion. The way that I mean, they've got him rated above Sony Michelle. Now, it, I don't think that you should rate a running back solely on their ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. They've got to be able to be an effective runner. And I think he's getting better. Don't get me wrong, but he's not there yet. And to have him ranked above a guy who's had, you know, a, a pretty explosive game or two already to me just seems, you know, disingenuous, honestly. Wilkins, he had six carries for 46 yards, including an 18-yard carry as well. You got to like that from him. He had a nice big carry. Um, he didn't look great, looked kind of average today for the most part other than a couple of solid runs, but... You know, you've got to like that, man, when you get, you know, uh, what, 200 yards out of your three backs and you've got 220 total rushing yards on the day. That's that's a hell of a game for that backfield. Uh, we talked about how the receivers hadn't caught, you know, the, the receivers didn't tally more than 40 yards uh, today. Uh, Rodgers looked good, four catches for 40 yards. Ebron had three for 31. Hilton, four for 25. And we in and a touchdown, and we saw Eric Swoop catch a touchdown pass today on a really nice scissors play. Now this is what a scissors is. These two guys, and and it's not an exact thing with the scissors concept either. But you had him and Ebron both running up the seam for the most part, and then you had Ebron, or I'm sorry, uh, Swoop, who was just outside of Ebron lined up, cut across. They both were tracking at that safety, and then they both split. That makes the safety make a choice. The safety took one. I mean, in the red zone, especially with Andrew Luck and his ability to throw the ball hard when he wants to, man, it only takes a half second for that safety to second guess himself, and it's a touchdown to either one. So, like to see that. Good for Swoop. I think Swoop's having a good year. Um, again, I'll say this: he, there's no reason he should not be on the roster this year. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen when Doyle comes back, but by God, it has to be you know, Mo Alley Cox being sent back down because he's just, I mean, Eric Swope just is a much better route runner, a much, much better catch, uh, catcher of the ball. And I think that he's more valuable, quite honestly, for the Colts right now. Um, defensively, you know, Darius Leonard, 17 total tackles today. The dude is always around the ball. 12 solo. I mean, just doing his job as a rookie. It's just unbelievable how impressive he is right now. And I said, Anthony Walker didn't have a ton of tackles. I think he only had like one solo and five total, but man, he had a tackle for loss and he, and he's a great compliment. These two work really well together. And I think that if you're just looking at stats, you may not think it's that great as far as Anthony Walker's day. But when you look how well these two work together side by side and how smart they are as teammates and as linebackers, I just I think you have to be excited about the future for that. I was not a fan of Anthony Walker last year. I thought he had some potential. It just seemed like we were never going to see it though. And this year, I mean, you see what and, and it's and it is mostly due I think to Leonard's in, in, you know being such a a an impact player. But you're seeing Anthony Walker have the ability to to really step up as well. And you know he's got you know he's made some plays in the backfield, and you got to love that. Um, Mitchell, man, what a game from this dude too. Been in the, in the building for two weeks and has already made a ton of plays. I mean, seven total, seven solo tackles today, had an interception, a forced fumble. He was all over the place. He has been phenomenal. And he, man, 
those plays have been big plays. These are not, you know, middle of the road, just kind of he's making some plays because of other people. Man, he bit on that on that pass today. Uh, I think it was to, intended for Kelvin Benjamin, the one he had an interception on. And you just see him break on that ball, and it was just easy as pie for him. He is flourishing in this system, I think. And I think the Colts are really going to need him this year. He's a, you know, he's he is that guy who's what thirty one years old, but man, he's playing like a a vet who d- has belonged in this league for a long time. Kenny Moore, seven total, five uh, solo tackles, had an interception today too. Looked pretty good as far as I'm concerned. You know, they they were talking during the game about how they switched Pierre Desir over onto Benjamin because of the height advantage that he had over Kenny Moore. But if you watch Kenny Moore, man, he mirrors really well. And if that ball isn't thrown high, Kenny Moore has the leaping ability and the uh, coverage ability to make a lot of plays. Kenny Moore is one of those guys at his height that I just don't see a great disadvantage because of it. Because he mirrors so well. He impresses me the further he goes along. I'm excited about him and his future. And I think that the Colts found a really good corner here, a guy that they can move around to in the future. They have a couple draft picks end up coming in and they're better outside or in the slot, whichever, you know, I think that he's going to, he's going to stay on this team for a while. Nate Harrison, on the other hand, you know, he's, he's kind of showing, you know, where he can be exploited. Um, He just, he, he's slow to break on the ball a little bit this year. And uh, he's not just not making a lot of plays, but you know, he's a physical guy. The Colts need that on the outside. And uh, you know, it, it, for right now, he's going to do. Corey Moore, he had an interception today. Um, Teray and Sheard both had sacks. The Colts were 7 of 13 on third down. The Bills were 2 of 9 on third. Like I said, the Colts had 220 rushing yards. They scored in three of the four in, uh, in their red zone opportunities. Here's the, here's the big one. The Colts scored 24 points off turnovers. They had five total turnovers, and they scored 24 points off of those. That's huge. You've got to put the ball in the end zone, and they did that today. That's nice. And if you look at the way that Vinatieri was kicking today, missed two extra points. He did make his field goal, but it was ugly. You know, I mean, you need to put the ball in the end zone. You can't rely on the kick. uh, I mean, the kicker for points. You have to put the ball in the end zone. The Colts did that today. Colts only had four penalties all day. I think it was for 45, 50 yards, something like that. I forgot to write that down. Uh, but they only had one in the whole first half. And at that time, I believe the Bills had four or five themselves. And that was helping a lot. The Colts were not shooting themselves in the foot today. You know, you didn't see a touchdown uh, called back, you know, because of a holding call or a bunch of stuff like that. The Colts really did well taking care of the mental stuff today. And I think that when you add that to the physical, man, it just makes this game, you know, just even that more dominating because they had it upstairs and they were able to do it physically. They were able to stand up and play hard. It was fun to watch. So where do the Colts go from here, guys? The Colts travel to the Raiders before their week nine bye. And I think that the Raiders are an absolute dumpster fire right now. I don't think that anybody's going to dispute that. Uh, The Colts could lose that game. Don't get me wrong. But the Colts really, I mean, this is the momentum they need. You know, finish out before the bye, three and five, come back. A lot of AFC South opponents in the second half of the season right here, right? After the Raiders game. Now, that, that to me, this Raiders trip to the West Coast is a must win. 
You have no excuses for coming back off a West Coast trip and not playing well in Week 9 because you don't play in Week 9. You go there, you kick ass, you come back, you get a week off, and you get ready for the season that really counts after the bye. The post-bye season could not be more important for the Colts right here. Come back in Week 10, they play the Jags. 11, they play the Titans. That's two big games right off the jump. They need everything that they've got to win those games. And I don't think it's because I'm not talking. I don't think the Titans are that good. I'm not jumping on board of the Titans, and I didn't at the beginning of the year. The Jaguars are, are a mess right now, I think. And the ja- the Colts should, I mean, hopefully, the Colts can get the Jags after another loss or something like that. And the Colts will be able to, you know, put something together against them. I think that they can beat the Titans handily, honestly. Uh, the Dolphins, they're up and down. But, I mean, Brock Osweiler's actually had a, pr- a couple pretty good games, you know, for them. And I did not watch this or did not catch the second half stats on him. But the first half stats, he was like, man, 18 of 20 or 12 of 14. I don't remember what it was. He only had two incompletions, had a touchdown and 150 yards or something like that. So he's doing it. And if it's Tannehill, so be it. He's played well this year too. You know, the Colts are going to have to beat the Dolphins. And and that's a, that's, that's a legit game. Okay. Uh, Then the Colts come back and play the Jags again. That those first four weeks could be what actually sets the Colts above the rest because I think that the Jags and Titans, I don't think, like I said, I don't trust either one of them right now, especially the Titans. And the Colts have four games here where they could really, really change the the trajectory of their season. Then they play the Texans, then they play the Cowboys, the Giants, and then the Titans again to end the year. The second half of the season, folks, is of the utmost importance. They've got to have good football. They've got their bye exactly when they needed it. I don't like that the entire second half of the season is so AFC South heavy. I think that they should space these games out much better than they do here for, I mean, because that is, you know, I mean, almost in past years, it would be the most boring second half of the season ever, right? But then you've got the Titans now and the Jaguars both playing like crap and the Texans are, are beatable. They're playing okay. They're playing all right. They're winning games. I mean, they beat the Jags today, right? So they may be a good game, and then, you know the Jags and Titans may end up may end up being good games as well. But right now, the Colts, you know, they just lost four in a row, but they are winning. I mean, this is a win, and it was a big win, not because of their talent uh, of the opposition, but because of how they played and put it all together. And there was a lot of things that they did against some good ball players today, primarily against the Buffalo defense, that are going to set this Colts team up really nice if they can stay healthy up front. I think that we've got a lot to look forward to this year. I think that the Colts absolutely have uh, AFC South potential to win. Now, do they have much to really kind of take that next step in the playoffs? I don't know, but I know that they've got Andrew Luck. And when you've got Andrew Luck and you've got an offensive line that can protect him, if you've got a running game, if you've got a defense that can continue to turn over the ball, you've got a chance, man. I mean... This defense had, like I said, they've given up what thirty-nine points more than the next, you know, worst. They're the worst in the AFC South, okay, in points allowed. Um, but where do you go? I mean, you turn the ball over five times today. This is the fifth time that they've had at least two turnovers in a game, and they've had they've turned over every single team they've played. That goes a long way, even if you're not having a great game. 
So to say that this Colts team couldn't do anything in the playoffs, I think would be foolish. Should they be expected to, though? I don't think so. I think that you just look at what they've done and you assume that when everything's clicking, that you've got a team that can win a couple games in, in, in the postseason. I mean, they, they, they just can't. And, and that's any team. That is any team right now. There are teams in this league right now who look like crap and, you know, have been lucky enough to win three or four games. But at the same time, you get on a downslope or you get on a high note for any of these teams in the league, you go into the playoffs with some momentum, well, I'm telling you, you can make some noise, folks. We've seen it in the past. Hell, how many times have we seen five and six seeds, you know, play really well in the playoffs and beat some teams they shouldn't beat? So don't count this Colts team out yet. Should you expect them to be playoff contenders? I don't think so. But at the same time, be hopeful, disregard the 2-5 and five record right now, and understand that they've got teams left on their schedule that they should beat. And a few of them, they should beat handily. I mean, that's just the way that the uh, that things are set up right now. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be that way in three or four weeks, but I think that the Colts have a lot to look forward to. Colts fans have a lot to look forward to, and we might just see you know, a Colts surge here towards the end of the season. And I think that you've got the right coach in place. You've got a lot of the, the ability there. Now it's all mental. These guys can put the mental with the physical, and you've got the coach that can keep his head through just about anything. You've got a chance, man. So I'm, I'm excited about the rest of the Colts season, to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't think that I would be after just one win, but you see so much of what you wanted to see in the first few weeks of the season. And the Colts were right there in several games and just couldn't pull it out. You know, um, aside from, I don't think the, the, Colt, the Colts could have beat the Jets, but I think the Jets really kind of worked the Colts. And I think the Patriots, you know, did too. The Colts brought it back, got it close and respectable. But I think that, like I told you guys then, I think that the Patriots kind of went on autopilot a little bit. Now, the rest of the games, I think the Colts should have won those. I really think the Colts should have won, you know, five games at this point. I mean, that sounds really weird, but I, I think that if you look at the Patriots game and the Jets game, I think that the, the Patriots and the Jets handled the Colts pretty well. Outside of that, the Colts should have won the, the rest of them, in my opinion. So, I mean, you could be looking at a 5-2 and two Colts team right now and people saying they may not be as good as we think they are, but they've won the games that they're supposed to win and they're putting it together and Andrew Luck looks great. I mean, it, it, exactly how the season could have could be right now guys they could be five and two instead of two and five very very easily so just remember that this is an exciting team and that uh there is a, a multitude of possibilities for them going forward so uh just want to thank you guys for coming back i know i've been a little absent not only from the podcast but from writing at stampede blue uh, i am fully back and i am excited to be back so uh, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Make sure you guys are getting a Stampede Blue for all of your Indianapolis Colts news and analysis. Follow me on Twitter at MDanelySB. And uh, until next time, folks, we'll talk to you later right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. 
It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.